Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Now Bali podcast with me, Eddie Spears. Thanks again for joining us. Firstly, if you're listening on Spotify, this is a video podcast episode and this is quite a visual episode, so I highly recommend you watching on the video. Otherwise, you can also catch it on YouTube. Today, I'll be joined by two guests who have recently published Masks of Bali, Between Heaven and Hell. This two-volume set of books is the first complete study of the origins, history, and living legacy of Balinese mask dance, an ancient performance art that has existed for over a thousand years. It contains more than 600 masks, many of which are rare and unpublished, which were diligently sourced over a period of four years from temples, museums, and private collections around the world. Beautifully designed and painstakingly researched by a team of experts, Masks of Bali marks a major contribution to the study of Balinese art and culture. The authors of this milestone publication are joining me today, and they are Professor Dr. E. Made Bandam, considered a world authority on Balinese dance and drama. Born into an illustrious family of masked dancers in Singapore, Bali, Bandam's dancing talents were recognized at an early age. He furthered this knowledge in the field and received a master's degree at UCLA and PhD in musicology at Wesleyan University. Before returning to Indonesia, where he was appointed director of National Institute of the Arts in Yogyakarta and director of the Indonesian College of the Arts in Denpasar. Together with Professor Dr. Ida Bagusmantra, a previous governor of Bali, Pat Bandam is among the founding fathers and driving force behind the Bali Arts Festival. In 2022, he was presented with a UNESCO award as a representative of Indonesia's intangible cultural heritage. Also joining us is Bruce W. Carpenter, co-author of Masks of Bali. Uh, he is an Anglo-American art historian with more than 20 volumes of publications on the arts and culture of Indonesia. He has also curated several museum exhibitions and has played a key role in the multiple cultural projects around the country. He has a determination to produce large and important books on long neglected art forms across this nation. Together with Pat Bandam and others, he is working tirelessly to preserve and promote Indonesian and Balinese art. We get straight into the discussion, so I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you. Firstly, a very warm welcome to both of you. Thank you so much for your time um, and being here and joining us for the Now Bali podcast. And number two, a huge congratulations for the publishing of an epic, epic two-volume collection, Masks of Bali Between Heaven and Hell. Probably one of the most pivotal moments in this field. Uh, And just to share some amazing facts about this new book, It took four years to complete, 600 masks were recorded, 1,000 different images, including masks never before photographed. And of course, in-depth information from the both of you about the entire field of masks, the genres, individual types, mask makers, and dancers. So very valuable to the preservation of art. Um, Before we sort of get into the nitty-gritty of what your... Uh, book includes. I'd like to go sort of wider 
before we get into Bali. And uh, Bruce heard you talk about this before about just masks for human society and that they've had a part of human history for so long. Um, I, I've heard you mention Joseph Campbell's Mask of God. So maybe can you share a little bit about that and the importance of masks just to just to humanity? The earliest images of humans wearing masks are found in cave paintings, which date back 20, 30,000, 35,000 years old, and they're shamans. And the mask is a liberating uh, tool in that it allows humans to be something else. They can be a god, they can be a spirit, they can be an animal, they can, they can be a monster, they can be a hero. And, uh, and that allows them to move into the realm of the sacred, right? So you do find that all over the world. And, uh, and if you see here in, in Bali, it's a tradition, okay, if you talk about in fact, Balinese masks comes from masks come from three different sources. One of them is the exorcistic, meaning you drive away uh, uh, evil spirits, you protect your community, the individual, and so on. You also include that. You have what you call disease masks, so so they drive out out disease. The second type is, is like the barong mask, the lion, which belongs to a group of mask dancers known as the lion dancers. They're found wherever Vajrayana Buddhism was. This was an in incredible form of Buddhism that developed in northern India from the 7th to 11th century and then spread around the world to Japan, China, and Indonesia as, as, as well. And then the third type of the, uh, are the history masks, the Lakon masks, you know, that tell, uh, they recite the history, the origins and things like that. And the earliest uh, evidence we have of them being performed, both in Java and in Bali, are in old bronze uh, inscriptions which date back to, to, the, to the ninth century. Uh, you mentioned these exorcism masks, which uh, the, the second two, the storytelling and also the lion dances, they sound like sort of imports. But these exorcism masks and the fact that, you know, humanity has used masks throughout um, history, were these, were, were the exorcism, exorcism masks imports or was that something that indigenous populations here in Bali just, just did? Well, a lot of things that, that, you know, anthropologists and historians talk about all the time, it's sort of a bit of a chicken and an egg situation. Uh, you know, uh, there's the theory of diffusion that a certain a kind of uh, uh, development somewhere became popular and spread around the world. The other ones is that it's indigenous in, in the development of societies and people. Uh, I think there's a combination of, of, of both, and but if you talk about this, that the the people of uh, the people of Indonesia, which are, are either of the Papua type, or or the Austronesians, which who came much much later, is that they were animists, and they were they were they believed in the spirit world and things like that, and we still see that in the various tribal and uh, and minority ethnic groups, for instance, the Dayak people, the people in Timor, and so on, that they continue continue on in that 
tradition, and we can draw some parallels between some of those traditions, like the Hudak masks of the of the Kayanic people of, of, of Borneo, and the Rangda uh, Rangda masks, you know, also the jungle masks and things like that. Uh, so today, you know, if you talk, because Patmade's strength is in the contemporary, particularly the living, the living traditions. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's been a merger between all these different mass, types of mass, in which they've, they've, they've joined together into new forms. So part of, part of what we did with the history is you want to untwine it. Uh, you know, you want to you take this bubble, and it has to do too with, with the thing that I also talked about in the book, in my essay, in the book on, on the drawings of Lempod, is that everybody talks about, oh, Bali, Bali's a Hindu island, mm -hmm. you know, and you say, well, Hinduism, where's that from? Mm -hmm. You know, where's it from? From India? Yeah. From mm -hmm. India, okay. And then nobody really explains you what that means. Well, how did it sort of get here? With the boat of Indians that came over from Calcutta, you know, and sort of said, "Oh, we're going to, it's a nice island. We're going to make it." So, so it's it's sort of understanding how things moved at 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 which which time, and uh, you know. But again, you know, if we talk about Balinese uh, uh, dance traditions, though their influence is from the outside. There were certainly indigenous traditions that existed here. And like everywhere in the world, what really makes uh, uh, an art belong to the people is when they integrate it into their own society, make it relevant to them, and that sense it's something, something new. Yeah. And in, in this book, you, you've used all of your research and and you've identified nine different genres of, of these masks that have essentially sort of uh, create the tapestry of masks of Bali. Babandam, um, uh, do you mind sharing a little bit about these nine genres? So you have three traditions, exorcism, mask, line dance, and then the storytelling or historic, and then you have these nine genres of Balinese masks uh, which are identified in the book. That's true. Uh, when we speak about Zander in Balinese masks today that we find today, still alive today, uh, we identify the Zander through, of course, uh, iconography of the mask itself. We have so many different masks in Bali, we try to make a classification through the iconography of the mask itself. When we speak about iconography, we speak about the laksana. Laksana is attribute of the mass itself because different mass has a different attribute uh, of the mass itself. I can show you later on a little bit about that. And the second, secondly, we speak about the aesthetic of the mass itself. So different mass, different genre will have also different aesthetic in this case. The proportional, the size of the mass, and the, the teeth they have, like all of those aesthetic and the colors most important uh, when we speak about aesthetic in the mass itself. And then, of course, at, and later on, the third part of this uh, iconography, we speak about expression of mass. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, expression of mass. We have different kinds. Bruce already speaking about, you know, Rando mass, Baron mass, it is a giant mass, and all creating trance and everything like that. Uh, expression is very important in the mass itself. Uh, 
And then after that one, uh, that's the iconography, very important. And the second layer, when this, the mass performing as a dance drama or dramatic, dramatic form, and they have story in it. Whether they're using the story of Ramayana, Mahabharata, or other leg, uh, legend in Bali, history, colonial uh, history in Bali, all have different, uh, different masks. You can identify the genre through the story they use. And of course, when they perform, masks using costume, not only masks by itself, but also headdresses and also the costume, or different costume, or giving you the different idea of the genre of the mask like that. And then, of course, later on, when they uh, perform, they speak, you know, king speaking in old Javanese, old Javanese Kawi language, and then the Balinese uh, clown speaking about Balinese, vernacular Balinese, you can identify all the form like that. Like that. So, there are many different ways of uh, describing the genre of mass in Bali in this case. Can I show you uh, one mass when we can speak about the iconography of this mass? We love that. Okay. So this mass is uh, Wayang Wong mass. This is uh, the dance drama known as Wayang Wong. This is a monkey, uh, uh, monkey mass because this Wayang Wong's uh, mass taking the story from Ramayana, very famous epics from Indian epics, but also transformed into Indonesian kakawin in this case. Okay, in this this is a hero, in a hero messenger known as uh, Hanuman, right? powerful mass, mythological monkey in this case. Yeah? When we speak about iconography of the mass, and first we have to speak about the attribute of the mass. Okay? And this one uh, is called skartaji. Many monkey mass, many barong mass usually have this skartaji to separate uh, the mass and the costume in the back like this. But in this skartaji, they have a different design already. Here you see a design of the uh, design of tumbu tumbuhan, uh, design of the uh, what do you call this? Uh, uh, um, uh, a design of the burung, for example. This is a wing, looking up the wing over here. Right. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. All yeah. different. Uh, it's a, it's a, a life things, you know, growth in the garden. And, and, yeah, that's and, a, the effluent. Yeah, symbolic. Tumbuhan, yeah. Or how do you say tumbuhan in English? That is a. Tumbuhan is growth. Yeah, something that growth. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And then after this one, you see this mass uh, using the urna here. The urna is different than the other mass. Sometimes only one urna here, and with, but this one is taken from the jet kakul, keong. Keong is a snail kind of thing. And then for here, they have the tanduk of the, uh, tanduk of the uh, kakul in this case. Yeah, it's okay. a sort of third eye that uh, shows spiritual, uh, mm -hmm. spiritual power. And that's taken the, the, the imagery of a snail. Uh, for this one? Yeah. The, the look like it's the more. Snail. It's not that they are saying that it's a snail. What mm -hmm. they're saying is that it looks a, like, like a snail, snail. so they, they call they, it they a snail. From there, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, here uh, as a monkey mess, they have a ear here, but they have also the rumbing, rumbing is earring, you know. So you can imagine in this, you know, monkey has a ornate or ornament using the uh, rumbing as a mythological animals in this case, and not like the monkey that you see in the garden and you see in the, the uh, mountains. So, but this is more like a mythological character in this case. Of course, this is uh, very important here. The teeth, mm. yeah, the teeth uh, of mass uh, of the monkey here. 
will be different than the giant, for example. Monkey always have four fang, yeah, four fang. But sometimes giant they have only two fang like this. Yeah, you can di- discern, you can uh, identify, and you can you know about this two different characters through the fang itself. So this this uh, uh, what do you call this teeth? They're showing only six six teeth, uh, six teeth. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. There's a symbol also in Balinese life. It's called Sadripu, mm-hmm. enemy in your in yourself. You have enemy, real enemy in yourself. Just like uh, greedy, for example, kama, loba, greedy, and then uh, anger, anger. You know, all of this enemy. Ragu ragu does mean uh, dubious in life. Yeah, ragu yeah. ragu. So if you can win against this six sadripu, this is the real good life for you. But it has also a symbol like that in this kind of uh, mass that you have. So through uh, iconography of different mass, and then you know the gender of this mass. How common is it, Pabandam, for masks? Because that's a very ornate mask of Hanuman. But how common is it for all the masks to have that level of symbolism in their appearance? Yeah, of course, you know, like this mask, it's a king mask, different than the monkey mask. This is more humanized, like a god, humanized god, and then uh, prangsan as a king. In this case, you see the different uh, eyes form. That's one of the bulging eyes, and this is more uh, like, uh, you know, smaller eyes, almond shaped eyes like this. But still, the, the teeth also look the uh, same kind of idea of Sadripu or here in this case. But the urna here, only one. You know, the third eye just look like a Siva eye, the third eyes of Siva. Mm-hmm. And here also has a different, uh, uh, different way of making the, the Kidak, the, the, what do you call this? This is the uh, hairline. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so different. Yeah, so good. through different this kind of uh, iconography, you can differentiate. This is a refined king. Yeah, this is a refined king. You see already the iconography of this one. But when I s- show you this one, this is more like a strong character. This is refined character. This is a more strong, <laughs> you know, bulging, more bulging eyes. Has a different expression to show it more strong character of some sometimes a, a buffoon and funny character, but he's a strong minister or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, very clearly, very clear in this case when we can uh, then uh, finally we can we were able to classify the nine expression, the nine iconography of the mass. We begin with a mass called Brutuk, right? Mm-hmm. Bruce yeah. Brutuk. He speaks about uh, megalithic culture in Bali. There's a village in Trunyan village in Bangli. There's a four-meter uh, four statue there, where he talks, called Panchering, called they were Panchering Jagat in this case. This is like a megalithic uh, uh, statue in Bali, yeah, made of stone, stone, pada stone. And, and then this uh, statue, as a megalithic culture of Bali, it has 21 unen unen. Unen unen is the guardian. Unen unen is uh, also, well, aside from guardian, there's also uh, people to help, you know, pengawal, you know, guardian. So this is called brutuk. Mm-hmm. The mass of brutuk, it is uh, simple in form, you know, made of uh, coconut, uh, what's called that? A coconut. Yeah. 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 
It's very, it's very rough. It, it's, you know, when, when the Westerners first saw it, they right away associated it with more tribal African yeah. sort of thing. The other thing is that the costumes are made, like the Hudak masks of the Dayak people, they're made of dried banana the, the bananas. Right. Like that. Mm-hmm. And how about and it's very it's 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 very very rough going. Yeah. Go ahead, go on. The brutuk the mass, uh, if you see, you can compare to uh, mass of Dayak, of course. Yeah, Udok in Dayak, and then also mass of Sumatra, uh, mass of Celebes. You know, some also mass like in Mapua that we find today, more like a primitive types of mass. Yeah, comparing yeah. other new mass, this that I have this described already. So we have uh, the nine genres. First, we call brutuk, and then of course later on we have barong. Yeah, we we discuss a bit of barong. There's so many barong in Bali: barong cat, barong uh, yeah, barong cat, barong kijang, bar elephant barong, and so on. So many types of them. You can see always when they, when there's a galungan time, they they perform on the street and they perform in the villages. You know, all the different barong they have, and one particular. Uh, Unique barong is called barong landung, right? Yeah. Barong landung. This is uh, a symbol, actually, uh, communication uh, relationship between China and Bali because mm-hmm. they are using the story of the uh, King Jayapangus and Kang Chengwi from China. So now the famous called barong landung in this case, yeah. Uh, and then we have also other barong. Sorry, Pak Panam. I just wanted to ask between because barong landung. Um, for those who don't know, it's it's placed upon the body uh, as like um, sort of more of a puppet, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but the form is very different from the barong that we see because they're very human-like, the barong landung. But then the other barongs yeah. are two with two people two and they look like animals. So yeah. they're zoomorphic and then um, animal. Well, bar- barong, the terminology of barong, the name of barong actually probably came uh, later. And it's applied like like with the barong cat, which is you know a, a a type of lion dance. It's applied to especially to sacred masks because the barong landung is also sacred, sacred mask. Yeah, yeah. Right. In fact, mm-hmm. it also harkens back to to the the more tribal societies, and it has to do with because a lot of the dances in tribal societies and and small ethnic groups have to do with harvest festivals. Mm-hmm. Right, and they're also uh, so it's the and also some of them after the harvest. That's when head hunting and things are, are 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 done, and the and it has to do with fertility, because the barong landung what they after the end of the of the galungan kuningan festival they come out. They used to you used to see them many many different places. Become less common now nowadays, and they would they were would walk around sometimes with their their children mm-hmm. and with uh, with other accompany them and they stop every once in a while they have a gamelan that accompany them and then they they sing poetry but the poetry is a bit like limericks and they're all naughty they all have mm-hmm. uh, sexual undertones and and things like that and then after they finish a couplet you know, there's a, it's it's like six lines or so. They all guffaw with 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 laughter, and then they spin around, kind of enjoy with joy before they move on to the next place. But it's a kind of it's a protective ritual, uh, for, for, uh, fertility rite of its own. Because Barong Landung has a story actually, story, and this is part of the history mm-hmm. of Bali. 
At the 12th century, there was a king known as Jayapangus. So from the uh, palace called Balingkang, near Kintomani, they said Batur in this case. And then this king uh, want to marry somebody, right? And then finally, uh, he proposed a girl, Chinese girl, who was, who was the daughter of merchants in, in Kintamani and Batur like that. And they got married, right? After a few years got married, uh, uh, they don't have any children. Kang Chengwi and uh, Jaya Pangus never have any children. Then finally, the uh, Jaya Pangus decided to do a meditation down in Danau Batur, in the lake of Batur, like that. And while uh, Kang Chengwi still stay present in the palace itself, and after, after a few years also doing meditation, uh, Jaya Pangus never come back to the palace. Finally, he, he got in love with other girl down in Danau Batur, known as Dewi Batur, like that. So finally, and then Kang Cheng Wee came to see what happening, the love scene and everything like that. And uh, Kang Cheng Wee, of course, got mad, right? Got mad. And then finally, the mother of Dewi Batur, yeah, the mother of Dewi Batur came down, knowing uh, that... Uh, she was the goddess of the lake. Yeah, she, uh, goddess of the lake. And then uh, Kang, uh, the, the king, uh, Jaya Pangus, already got married, but he never told yeah, the, the, the girl that she got married, finally. That, that by the gods of uh, Devi Batur, the gods of uh, the mother of Devi Batur, got so mad and punished them, and they, they pralinered them. Uh, pralinered meaning, this can, they burned them. Mm. Right? But because Kang Ching Wee and family has a contribution of their life in Batur and uh, in, in Kintamani, you know, to, uh, to make the the life better and then uh, so finally the people of Batur making two barong landung mm -hmm. small barong landung one is a uh, symbols of the uh, king of Jayapangus and the other is Kang Chingwi so there's a merge uh, you know uh, a connection a relationship between Balinese and Chinese people in creating the fertility and creating of the the kekayaan yeah all of the Balinese Posterity. yeah, yeah. fertility yeah. and also uh, of the Balinese people. Mm -hmm. So therefore, they make them later on become bar Barong Landung. Yeah, the yeah. two babet, uh, uh, giant puppets, actually, in this case. So their story has been sort of immortalized um, and then symbolized uh, through these puppets. And, the, and giant puppets connected with fertility are found throughout in, the, in, 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 in the Indonesia. They're found in Sumatra, they're found in Java. You also have the, 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 the puppets in Jakarta, which may... On is it called? They yeah. might come from mm -hmm. Bali because there was a huge community of Balinese, the descendants of Balinese slaves in Jakarta from the, from the 17th century. But to make two observations before letting mm -hmm. uh, Patmade go on with saying the different names of the, of the mass, the first thing I wanted to say is that it's, it's, it's important to understand that every mask uh, requires uh, an, uh, an understanding we were talking about before, esoteric messages. Mm. Though, so for the audience, the Balinese audience, they, they know many of these things. Maybe some know mm -hmm. more and stuff. So they can recognize the characteristics or the typology or the archetype and other, other uh, elements of the expected behavior of them just by looking at the mask and the costume mm -hmm. 
right? Automatic association with a specific character. So it's a whole science in itself that's extremely detailed. The other thing which, which is with the story of the Baron Landung is the realization that virtually all these masks and the, and the performances are all tied to real places. Such as the, such as the uh-huh. Na, the Bator, the Bator Lake, and real historical people. They uh-huh. may have been, you know, uh, there's there's layers of mythology and legends upon them, but at their heart, there's there's a real story here. And this is the difference between if you look at uh, the Balinese view of history and the Western uh, view of history. In the West, you know, we usually uh, driven by dates and, and 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 sort of writing down very 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 clear. It was only in the ancient times, in the Greek times, and so on, that things were mythologized. But on Bali, it's it's mixed together. So part of the thing is learning how to read that, interpret that, so that it's clear to both both sides, and you can go okay. on with some of the other dance yeah. types. Then we have also Barong Landung already. And the fourth one that we have called Barong Kedinkling. Barong Kedinkling is only types of monkeys from the Baramayana. This is used for fertility also. They call ngelawang. Every galungan and kuningan day ceremony in Bali. So this kind of monkey, yeah, they, uh, they are coming to every houses and they dancing, they performing, and sometimes they, sometimes they shake the, the trees, the mango, the mango trees or the coconut trees you know, to chase away the evil spirit like that. So called Barong Kedinkling. When this Barong Kedinkling has a story, we put the story of Mahabharata or Ramayana, this kind of monk, different monkeys like Sugriwa, Hanoman, Angada, all different monkeys, putting now the story of Ramayana, including the king of Rama and Princess Dewi Sita and Lakshmana, and also the opponent, the villain is uh, Ravana or other giants, they call Wayang Wong. Wayang Wong, uh, there are two types of Wayang Wong, of course. One we using Ramayana story called Wayang Wong only, and the other called Wayang Parwa because the story is from Mahabharata or Parwa. So we have a complete structure, performances, music for this kind of Wayang Wong, and we still have a few villages now in Bali to have this Wayang Wong exist yeah, for ceremony, for ceremonial event and like that. Yeah. So in Tejakula we have that one, in Mas, and when, in Jemarana, all, all different parts of Bali we still have this kind of Wayang Wong. Yeah, mostly sacred. There are sacred, sacred masks, objects. and some of them date mm. back very, very far. Mm. Very far and, uh, yeah. and so, uh, and, and and the Wayang Purwo has more Parwo. or less uh, gone extinct. Yeah. Right. There's still a couple of, uh, couple yeah, of the, uh, villages to do it, but in, less performance yeah, in this case. Far yeah, far less than ever. Because they don't have any mass, because only, only, only four uh, clowns to have a mass. So the expression is like uh, more like an Arjo or Prembon, like that. Yeah? yeah. Okay, we have that Wayang Wong. After Wayang Wong, we have very special sacred mass in a village called Blah Batu here. It's called Topeng Gajah Mada. Mm. Topeng Gajah Mada, you know already, yeah, the Gajah Mada is uh, famous prime minister of Mojapahit. So I think when, uh, when the king of Bali, his name was Batu Rengong, 
sense a group to Java to Blambangan around 16th century already. So the fight between Blambangan and Bali uh, and Pasuruan, of course, Blambangan and Pasuruan, and then King Batu Rengong sent two prime minister to East Java, okay, to fight for. Because I think why, why do they have uh, uh, fighting in this kind? Because uh, Batu Rengong was uh, proposing to marry to other uh, uh, Dauto is a sister of the king of Blambangan, but he was refused. Mm. Well, she, yeah, he was refused. He to promised, marry. but he didn't, yeah. didn't right. fulfill his promise. Right, and that, yeah, they right. They sent a what? He uh, got sent, angry. The he prince, got angry, yeah. and then they sent uh, and and to Blambangan. So when they won the fight in Blambangan, they took two box back to box back, and one gong, big gong, and also uh, this. They carry two box by Patejilantik and Ularan, the two prime minister, and one of them is Topeng Gajah Mada. So that's a sacred object put for a long time in Gel Gel Klungkung in the palace of Batu Rengong and his generation later. And finally, sometime around 18th century. Nearly nineteenth century, they took the mass into Blah Batu. It put that in Temple Penataran Topeng, and then now placed in the Palace of Blah Batu. This is the most sacred Topeng, and the most difficult difficult time for us to get to be pictured. Actually, I am part of the the play with the Gajah Mada story in Blah Batu. Whenever they have performance for a sacred performance, they invited me to perform. But when we request for the books. And to get a picture of this Gajah Mada, they always refuse to do it. Because, they're, they're, you know, there's taboos. It's taboos, you know, yeah. You, you know, and that's another thing with the sacred, because a lot of masks are sacred. Mm. And even to take them out, out yeah. you have to do tremendous number of offerings. And they're expensive. Remember, you know, <laughs> uh, being Balinese and doing the rituals is, 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 is tough. A lot yeah. of work. There's a lot of expenses in, in, in involved with it. So, right? right. And the story, and I just interject for that for a moment, we know the dates of these masks mm -hmm. because there was a lontar, so, so a palm leaf manuscript called Prasaya, yeah. that mm -hmm. tells the story that dates from that period, the 16th century, that tells the story. We tell the fuller story because it doesn't go on after what happened and when it came back. Go ahead. Okay, so our deal is with the king of black. King of Blabato presently is a very young man, actually very nice man and very, you know, very helpful also. Uh, for a few times we came and then they always refused us because of the sacredness and also the taboo, right? But we have a deal actually because uh, this mass has been pictured, you know, taken picture already around 1937, mm. yeah, for a book. Yeah, it was one in 1934, a Japanese photographer, Satake, and then 1940 by Colin McPhee. Yeah, and then they published an article by Nusten, right? Nusten, exactly. So they don't know actually the full name of the mass, because when speak of Gajah Mada, only one character. But in Blabato, they have probably 21 characters altogether. They don't know really the the names of other so characters, individual mass. individual mass and characters. Because we read article 
and we know the the person who gave the information about the name of the mass it was the punggawa from Blabatu one of the family punggawa of Blabatu in 1937 gave them the name of the mass and and published in Holland yeah published in Holland so we deal with them too So uh, you know, we're telling them that we know the name, and then now they begin one by one giving the name of the Gajah Mada mass like that. So you and had a mutual, mutually beneficial mutually exchange for information. So a photograph for the names of quid the, pro of the, quo. Yeah. So we do that. You know. I don't know how do you say that in Balinese. Quid pro quo. Yeah. yeah. So finally, we got it. You know, <laughs> part of uh, we would like to also to. Continue to have a good relationship with this Topeng Gajah Mada and Blah Batu, yeah. Even though I perform all, all the time with them, and after the Gajah Mada Blah Batu, and they have another uh, genre of Topeng, it's called Topeng Bidadari. This is from Ketewel. This is another funny story too. Yeah. We came a couple of time, big ceremony, asking the pemangku, the owner of the pemangku Gedei, the leader for the. Puroyogan Agung Ketewel's temple, right? She was the leader and he was the priest. And we asking them to to have a picture and photo of this uh, Bidadari mass uh, for the books. They always refuse it. Again, even though I'm performing with them, of other mass from from Yogan Agung, they don't leave us. After a few times, right? There's a big story. They have big ceremony in Ketewel. Known as uh, Pancha Walikrama, this this ceremony will uh, happening only in 45 years, wow. 45 years ceremony once, right? And for this first Pancha Walikrama uh, ceremony they have in Ketewel, they want to have everything new, the building new, the barong has to be repainted, right? Or the pratima also has to be repainted again. And Temple statues, pratima. Yeah. And then finally, they also wanted to uh, repainting the mass. This is old mass, as old as Gajah Mada mass. Mass also yeah. is called Pidadari, you know, like that. And we were lucky. Even though I and Pak Bruce and also Cokordo Oke Artana, the Vice Governor of Bali, came. To the, the the people that Ketewel uh, before they repaint the mass, we don't want them to repaint the mass because this is original, asli, you know, old mass, you know. So treasure. Why we have to repaint it for a new color? But they refuse my advice. Finally, the day before they repaint this mass, they call us. Yeah, it's like in the middle of the night right. you get a phone call. Green light, green, green light. light. Now or never, <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. or never. Come yeah. tomorrow or not. Because the next chance will be in 45 Five years. years. And yet that's so. a new painting, right? Yeah. yeah, you don't have the original sort of shade after, after that. And then amazing of the, uh, on the that same day, a priest already uh, performing the offering because they have to, to pralina, to, what do you call to kill, to, to move the souls of the mass into of, an offering, right? Mm -hmm. After that one, we so do sacred, sacred things. Also, mm -hmm. when you talk about taksu, the the Balinese word for sacred, taksu, yeah. sacred energy, it's both good and bad, and that and so they're dangerous, magically dangerous. So that you need to kill it, yeah, first, and then you you re-sanctify 
and you re-empower it uh, later. So. Uh, they move the soul into the offerings like that. Right? And they then the, um, begin with the padanda, the priest, uh, to do uh, an activity known as ngrua. You know, how do you call that? Script. Scripting. Scripting. Yeah, scripting. Right? But we wanted them to script a little bit by bit. Yeah. yeah. Just only symbol, not, not the whole mass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And that after that one. Oh, on this doing, this uh, scripting the mass, we need three, uh, what do you call that? What, three, three, not three generations, three castes. Right? The three castes. One supposed to be Brahmana to do first, the priest to do first, and then the second must be like a king family, right? Yeah. And then the third one, uh, Jabo, Jabo means outsider, you know. The, 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 the non-royal <laughs> The non-royal family. The, the non-royal royal family. So in, in Katawel, they already, have, they already have the Pemangku, the priest, but the Pemangku itself still requesting a professor to be part of it. <laughs> Doesn't mean that yeah. Madhya Bandam was yeah. given a chance yeah, to do. Yeah, make sure they have the academic credentials <laughs> as well. <laughs> we were so lucky, right? Yeah. Oh, so wow. finally, we have the yeah. original and uh, you know um, uh, mass of that one. If you didn't have this opportunity, what would you have done? Would you just left it out of the book, essentially? Well, you were still you were still allowed to make photos of the of the, of performance dancing the, the performance ma- when they perform the, the masks right. right yeah but part of it is is that you know we've we've included a fair number of them is that you learn a lot about the mask from looking at the backside mm-hmm. right and and one of the one of the signs of a mask being truly old is that they have this a wooden wooden extension on the inside because in the mm-hmm. in the early periods dancers held the masks in their mouths. No, it yeah. wasn't tied onto the heads. Mm-hmm. And that's called chagam. Yeah, yeah. That's called, it's called chagam, yeah. right? You yeah. bite it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe there's a reason in Mojo Pai time. Yeah. So I when see. you perform a mask in front of the king, in front of the princess and queen, you don't have to speak bad about yeah. it. <laughs> so they, yeah, I've not been quiet like so, that. So, so the, the, yeah, exactly, and, the, and these masks depict uh, apsara. Sap, apsara are a celestial race of beautiful dancers and musicians, both to the Buddhist and to the Hindu Hindu world, and um, many of them play roles in various uh, stories in the in the Hindu tales and. And uh, you know there, there's one the Rajapala, in mm-hmm. which there was a Balinese prince, and one day he was wandering Steel. through the jungle, and saw this beautiful uh, glen, and and a waterfall, and these these seven or eight uh, nine, masks, nine, 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 nine nine celestial celestial apsara bathing naked there, and he was like. Like totally, uh, you know, mm-hmm. over overwhelmed with, with with love, and then he snuck out and stole the one, clothes yeah. of one of them. Mm. Yeah. Right. So the bidadari called Ken Sulase in this case. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. so when and those clothes obviously gave her some kind of power so that she could, you know, go fly back, back, fly to back the, to yeah. to the celestial Heaven, abodes, yeah. right? <laughs> and entertain the gods and all the the celestial beings, the other ones, and 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 she begged and begged for him to return the clothes. He said, "Only if you marry me." Mm. Well, when yeah, 
And so in the end, she, she ceded. But she asked one, uh, one promise, right? Yeah, yeah, one promise. Which was, which, which was... Yeah, which was that uh, when uh, you have one uh, son or daughter, then can, she can return back to the heaven in this case. Yes. Finally, yeah. they both... Yeah. Uh, uh, they both uh, stay for a few years, and then finally they get a, a son. His name is uh, uh, Dharma. Yeah, his name is uh, yeah, I forgot the name of this one. Uh, yeah, they have one son, and then finally the the, the girl, the celestial maiden, the Kensulase, go back to uh, to heaven again. Yes, she said you broke your you broke your promise. Promise, yeah. And therefore, I'm returning back. So. Okay, so, so we have already Bedadari Mass, and then, of course, now we talk about the historical mass, the uh, Topeng Babad. Topeng Babad is the um, historical mass uh, because they use uh, the story as a content of the, the performances, the theme of the performances uh, from the Babad. Babad is Chronicles. Uh, and then also the history. Abadia means history. History. Yeah. Yeah. And then they have two t types of uh, performance of Topeng Babad. One is called Topeng Pajagan. So uh, one actor performing uh, maybe six to twelve mass at once, right? And then the second one is Topeng Panja. Uh, five performers originally to form all different story, all different history in the life of Balinese people like this one. So with this two uh, uh, form of two genre of the Topeng, that means Babad and Pancha, Topeng Babad is important one because it has uh, wali function, it has a, a sacred function because it has a character known as Topeng Siddhakarya. Can I have? Yeah. yeah. Topeng Siddhakarya. This is Topeng Siddhakarya, the one who do the job for a ceremony, function as a priest. When priests performing the offering, right? But this uh, dance come and say they finish together to, to complete the, the ceremony. So complete ceremony of the job. She give the job completing the ceremony, big ceremony, whatever is this one. So this one, very important character. It has a long story also, yeah? Long story also. Uh, okay. You can read it in the book. We yeah, yeah. Book. Yeah, that's all, all is Babad, all is a book, book like that, okay? That's all about the genre, the topeng that, that we have. But now the popular in Bali, when they call topeng, usually they refer to topeng uh, babad and topeng pancha. We didn't discuss about the words topeng, right, Pak Bruce? Yeah. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. Sure. Because, yeah, uh, the word topeng, T-O-P-N-E-N-G, this is Indonesian word, also a Balinese word, actually. So the word topengs uh, come from the word tup, T-U-P. Uh, tup, uh, they add suffix ang becoming tupeng because of the you know change of pronunciation they becoming topeng this is yeah. something to press yeah yeah it covers to covered all the face yeah to tup the face right mm -hmm. sometimes now they make up they call also topeng right mm -hmm. but uh, of course we uh, Bruce always talk about that the topeng is a symbol of ancestor a symbol of history, king and raja, symbol of sub god, symbol of celestial maiden, right? So, you know, they you put 
the press with this thing, and then you become another character in this case. Exactly, because that's an, another important thing it's to understand is that in the in in the sacred dances in these dances, once the dancer puts on the mask, it's actually in the process. They're no longer made bandham. Yeah, they become the actual character. Right. Right. I will. And I will give you some illustration yeah. later on because very important words called transformation when study about mass. Let's come back to uh, what Pat Bruce said about the, in the back of this mass. Yeah? We can show this one. This is uh, a really sacred writing. Because this mass made by a priest from Tegal Tamu. Yeah, we visited them already there, but he passed away already. Ida Padanda Penate, his name. And he made this mass, and this mass given to my father. Yeah, to my father now a legacy of me and using this mask also. But in the back of the mask, they all write something, many different things actually. One mask uh, from Kelungkung, the red mask, uh, uh, this one. This is a gift from the king of Kelungkung, they woke by the gug his name, right? And he, he writes something in the back of the mask, not only the name of the character, right? Name of the character. They say Deling Manis character. Uh, prime Minister, but sweet Prime Minister, but he also include here the way how to repaint it, the color. <laughs> yeah. When you make the coloring of this mask, yeah, they have a formula behind it. You know, mm. you cannot go beyond that one. They already give you some idea about that. Different than this one, because this is uh, given by the priest. First, he write his name here. Yeah, his name here, Ida Padanda Gede. Uh, uh, Patih, uh, Pinatih Agung, this is his name over here, from Tegal Tamu. And then aside from that one, because he's speaking about Taksu, power, Pasupati, he writes something here, uh, uh, the sacred words called Modre over here. Modre over here. In the, because what Chaksu means in Sanskrit word is called ice actually. Sinar eyes. What uh, uh, light coming uh, out of your yeah, eyes. Light, you, light, ha you have a magical, magical light that, uh, that, it, that radiates from your yeah, eyes. From. Right. Ray, it's like you Superman's know. powers. Yeah. To, right. to so coming, see, right <coughs> over here, the two sacred words over here called modre in this case. This what create the power, the pasupati, the charming when you perform this one, right? Mm -hmm. And then here, oh, he... He, he even more coming into the philosophy of light, male, uh, male and female, ang and ah. If you can combine the two words ang and ah, so become powerful man. There's a symbol of sakti and God. You know. yeah. So all of things you can learn something from, uh, from the writing behind the mass like this. Mm -hmm. So many mass we found in Jakarta, in the Museum of Jakarta. We discuss about uh, Panji mass, right? And we finally we found one mess called Panji. Maybe this king of Panji, maybe not, maybe not the, the hero of Panji. Well, we don't know, but we have to discuss uh, for next writing. Because <laughs> another thing is what, 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 what has happened in, in the 20th century, and this is not just in mass dances, but has to do with, 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 uh, with depictions, is that the, the extraordinary breath, almost a stunning, like for instance, there's a, there's a story of Rangalawe, 
which is of Shakespearean dimensions and, 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 and a tragedy, you know, having to yeah. do with betrayal and redemption and other things like that, that many of these stories, because they're complex and they're difficult, uh, or or not really being uh, not being played anymore, and they're not they're not being illustrated mm -hmm. anymore, and there's a kind of reduction that's going on, particularly to the Ramayana, and the Ramayana, Ramayana, and that has to do with Western influence. They say, oh, it's a love story, it's you know, yeah, Prince funny. Rama is in love mm -hmm. with Sita, and the bad guy Ravana comes and steals her way and he has the, the, the white monkey Hanuman mm. comes and they defeat bad and then good triumphs over evil. The actual story which is, is it's like over 900 pages long with mm -hmm. hundreds of side stories is a, quite a bit more complex and it's not really a love story, it's a story about the necessity, the demand that everybody live according mm -hmm. to their dharma. The dharma being, being, being what would be said that your innate right, uh, quality and not being something, something else, discovering what that is and becoming, becoming that. And that's true mm -hmm. of, a lot of a lot of these things. And as for the whole idea of good versus bad, in Hindu, in Buddhist society, particularly, that's why the offerings are given given to the to the raksasa, the demons, and things like that. It's not it's not like in the Christian story that in the end, uh, you know, uh, God comes down and drives away all the bad people, and then we all float around in diaphanous robes, singing singing hymns to the end of, of all time, and so on. It's about achieving a balance. They recognize uh, the good and the bad of being the two sides of the same reality, and without them, I had a high priest in, in Dawan one time, and he said to me, well, if you don't have black, how do you know what white is? Mm -hmm. So this like the Rubinator. Yeah, Coming back so. to speaking about Dharma, when you're learning also topeng, there's a book called Dharma Petopengan. There's a guideline how to learn topeng, spiritually and also technically actually. It's called Dharma Petopengan. When you learn Balinese classical then known as Gambuh, there's also uh, Dharma Pegambuhan, a guideline about how to, to study about classical dancing, spiritually and also technically. Also learning music in Bali, they already written about the Dharma uh, music, it's called Aji Gurnito or Prakampo. All technical aspect and spiritual aspect are written, but in, you know, in a simple manner, in a simple way. Not so descriptive, not analysis, but very simple way of writing about Dharma Petopengan. When I learned Topeng from my father, I was about probably 16 years old, already in high school during that time. Uh, first, before you touch Topeng, or before you learn uh, to do Balinese dancing, a good Balinese dancing, a good Balinese Topeng, he said to me, you have to be a good person first. A good person. Make yourself a good person. That means you have to have a good behavior. Yeah, when you want to perform dance or you perform dancing. Better to make your, 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 yourself as a good person first. So uh, when he speaks about good person, uh, in Bali there's a concept, 
like speak about uh, good and evil. Now it's concept of three kayo parishuddha, three things going uh, have to learn before you're learning the dancing. First, it's called uh, uh, three kayo parishuddha, manachika. Yeah, manachika, think well. Yeah, think well, think deeply, learn the ritual, learn of the spiritual aspect of the mass. Okay, that's called manachika. You have a real um, uh, pemikiran, yeah, pemikiran yang bagus. And then secondly, wachika. They say, talk well, respect people, you know, talk well, respect people, you know, helping people, tolerance and everything, right? And the third one is called uh, kayika. And then you act well. So when you become a good person and you understanding about the, the philosophy and concept of this Dharma Patopengan, then you begin to learn. Nah, before even starting the movement, the vocabulary movement in the, in the Topeng dance drama, because they always have a uh, vocabulary movement in every dancing in Bali, like standing position, and then walking style, and then the transition movement, then expression, transformation, and, and, and others. Uh, my father asked me, uh, mm, you have to sleep with your mass. Yeah, you have to sleep with your mass. You know, because learning mass, mass sometimes already have the power of taksu or pasupati, because when they make a mass for dancing, miss for, for God, something like that, and they already have a, a ritual procession, ritual uh, steps to do it. Starting from the uh, cutting the tree, they have offering already. And they're starting to carve the mass, they have some offering. You know, all of those process go through of the mass. And when the mass finish, they have also given the taksu or pasupati. They even go to the temple to get the power, you know, spirit to get into the mass. So the mass become powerful in this case. Because of that, you know, uh, when you learn topeng pajagan or topeng panca in this case, all different characters, and when he said sleep with the mass, that means you married with the mass. <laughs> to marry yeah, with the mass. It's a sacred bond. Yeah. And pa Pashupati is the lord of the jungle. It's the yeah. incarnation of Shiva. Shiva, who, in of this course, case. It's also Nataraja, the, 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 the lord of dance. Yeah. The god of dance called Shiva Nataraja in Bali. Or yeah. even in India, too. Yeah. Like that, yeah. yeah. Sometimes in, in Bali they call us Vishnu Murti because the same as uh, Nataraja yeah. in this case. Okay. Learning about mass, uh, marriage with the mass. First, uh, when you study this mass, this is called Siwanataraja, I mean Siddhakarya in this case, you have to study the, the bawa, the expression of the mass. You have to be able to follow, to imitate. Mm -hmm. yeah? Before you put this in your face, you have to, able to, do, to be able to do expression like this. First thing, he asked me to help open your, open your uh, teeth, mouth, and do this thing. Really get that into you know deeply, because when you put this uh, the mass in yourself, you have to do expression like this to become one. The, the the human face and the yeah. mass the become mass one, like that. Right. So this is what we learn. Same with this mass, for example. Even though there's bulging eyes a little bit big, but you have to smile. When you put this in your face, you have to do this. So you're really feeling the expression that the mask is giving through the performance, right? And you can feel it inside. Transformation yeah. of the, uh, the, the soul of the mass into yourself like that. 
So this is what. Can I have one? Okay. Let's see. Uh, that is not enough, you know. When I say expression from, and this go with the movement also. So in the Balinese dance, top bang, you always have a standing position. I'm sting now, but this is like a standing position. Right? So sorry, <laughs> let me move this. <laughs> so the Balinese dance, no matter what uh, style, uh, for male uh, male uh, character, they always stand or sit with this knees turned out. Mm. Knees always turned out. Something that we found in Borobudur Temple yeah. or in Pramanan Temple mm -hmm. in Indian dancing like that, they always knees turn out, diagonal like that. And from here, there's a concept in Balinese performance known as Ngunda Bayu. Ngunda Bayu is this distribution of energy into different parts of your body when you dance. Sometimes in your hand, very strong like this, or sometimes only simple this way, depends on the character. Sometimes here maybe heavy movement or sometimes in your foot like that. It's called Ngunda Bayu, yeah? Ngunda Bayu, distribution of energy into all part of your body. Okay. In this case, uh, Agam, before I use the mask, Agam normally for male dancer to put hand this way, yeah? To put the hand this way. This is a bit higher, yeah? staring with your eyes and this is a lower here a little bit but the main thing when you dance because the energy is coming from here right yeah. Yeah. Here. like from here uh the center of the energy chakra. Yeah, yeah chakra is it's here all with the chakra you have too. play with this one you know you play with this one where do you want to bring the the energy right uh where do you want to bring a half here two here so this is the controlling over here but this is normally the standing position of male dancing based on gambu, the old classical dance they use for topeng later on, except probably later on they uh, stylize with the mask they use. But this is the, uh, the, the standing position with strong character. Without mask, you have to open your eyes big like this. My father, before even telling me how to stand and walk, and he asked me to flick my eyes. Flicking in Balinese dancing is very important. Yeah. Even though you use mask, you flick also. Yeah? This is the way you flick. One, two, three, and four, six, seven, and eight. Toward higher hand. Here too, if you have this hand, the flick is here. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight, and one, and two. So that's a flicking for strong character. So after that one, he asked me how to uh, glance my eyes. This glancing is very important for expression of mad, for example. And cross your eyes. You get mad to your opponent when you're fighting in the dance drama. Yeah? You have this one. In contrary, it's a love scene. In contrary, there's a love scene also in the drama. Yeah? Oh, meeting male and female refined characters. You have to be able to flirt. Hmm. Flirt, yeah. Flirt the eyes like this. And usually, you have to put uh, jerking eyes. Jerking head movement like this. So this is, you know, uh, the way how to make the expression or the, the mass or the dancing more alive like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, now back to this one. Okay, I saw, uh, I saw you um, 
what is it? Standing position, right? Like that for male. Agam. Mm-hmm. Uh, agam, yeah, it's called agam. Agam for female, agam for male, strong and refined. Okay? When we have a strong character like this one, aside, uh, 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 you know, instead of putting the hand like this, and this turn a little bit like this. The mixed style of the mask already, yeah, but, so. Is this open to your personal interpretation, Bandam? Yeah, you have the individual variant. You have your own version of it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Within the, the canon. Within, yeah. The yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they have what's called standard, but later on you have your, you have your own uh, interpretation. You know, how good are you yeah. <laughs> going to yeah. be with the technique? Because technique is very important also mm-hmm. in the dance, right? So you, you put your, your... This is a Siddhartharyumas. This is a strong character, for example. So instead of putting your hand like this as a normal part, eh, as a giant, or as a priest of the giant, they put your hand this way, you know, or sometimes different one, you know, they have standard of doing that. And then when you laugh, because they teeth like that, you have to laugh. And you can have voice. <laughs> So, there's a voice too. <laughs> there's a voice too to give you different character. There's a strong character. And when you speak about refined character, the, the voice is a very high falsetto voice. Aduh! Lucky Andy! So, so, you know, you have to make a higher, higher voice for, to make a different characters in this mass or other classical Balinese dancing like that. There's so much to, to remember and think about in one go. I'm well, it takes, it's, it's you know, amazing. and this is, uh, you know, uh, the people who excel, because the people who become truly great dancers are usually recognized at early age. It's like ballet and a number of other things in the, in, in the West. If you're 21 years old and you decide you want to be, uh, you know, a ballet dancer, forget it. It's too late. It's right. Well, can I borrow? Yeah. And, okay, and that's right. a, this is constant, you know, identification in the in the village and things that ones that are just naturally gifted. One, some people would say perhaps it's it's a special, you know, special, you know, what, whatever from a sacred sacred uh, thing thing coming down. And that's one of the things that's also going on. There, there are different influences in, in dance and mass dances going at the moment. Is one is because traditionally it was always in village, uh, from 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 generation to generation, or master to student, right, or mistress, because it'd be going on. But since since quite some time, you've also had the da- dance academy. And one of the things that uh, Made has been 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 you know concerned yeah. about is that in the dance academy there's a big emphasis on the technique, but for a large part, if you talk about the mystical side of it, like one of the things he was mm-hmm. talking about is that before any dancer begins dancing, they actually have to do breathing. You can yeah you can, uh, energy yeah controlling every yeah, energy. The, the, Okay, uh, let me uh, make summarize about the uh, vocabulary movement that we discussed about, right? Sure, yeah. And I said at the beginning in the Balinese dance, always there are two types of dancing, male and female dancing, right? Mm-hmm. Male and female dancing, and then each of the character, each of the dance, usually there's a, a strong and refined. Mm-hmm. There's a male strong, 
male refined. There's a female strong and female uh, refined in this case. But Balinese people, uh, Balinese then in general, to have four category of technical movement. One is called agam, second is called uh, walking style, tandang, and the third is called uh, tankis. Tankis, it is a uh, changing movement, transition movement, and then the fourth, based on the, uh, it's called the tangkap. Tangkap, it is the expression of different dance in the character. Let me show you one uh, standing position of male strong character, right? That's oh, don't forget. Our pleasure. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, when we the standing can be high, this high like this, can be low, right, like that. Or can be sometime in the middle depending on what kind of uh, movement are you doing. But mostly this way. This is left, this is right standing position and this is left standing position. They judge by the, the, the feet. When you have a uh, right foot in front, left foot in the back, here may be uh, the way mostly here in the back. So they call Agam Kiri in this case, okay? From this Agam Kiri, if you want to walk, right, you have to walk. Uh, the walk can be counted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, because uh, music and dance in Balinese topang, in Balinese uh, baris dancing or gambo, always uh, very important counting in this case. Uh, take for example, this, this, this uh, dance is baris warrior dance. That's the that's music. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, irnang dong neng tong nang ne dong sir neng no neng tong nang neng dong sir. This is the melodic line. Melody that you follow. The dancer must understand the melody. Take for example in the top So male and female drum together to playing like that, yeah? Because it gives you signal for uh, angsel and so on, okay? Like now, walking with that music, yeah? Jir one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, gong, one, two, three, tong, pur, yang pur, gong, one, two, three, tong, pur, yang pur, gong, one, two, three, four, pur, pur, gong, one, two, three, pong, pur, pur, gong, one, two, three, pong, pur, pur, gong, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, gong, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, gong. So, music and the movement usually is very related. So the different instruments are actually instructing you on different movements and the different timing of certain uh, movements of the dance, essentially. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you have the drum, if you want to do a angsel, for example, he give the signal to other musicians, but he have to catch up my movement. Like that. Yes. Who follows who? Uh, in this case, the musician follow the dancer. Ah. So there's another dancing, like Legong, for example. Uh, they already set the music. The dancer follow, right? Yeah. But in this topang dancing, in the warrior dance, more freely movement in the barong, usually uh, the musician uh, follow the dancers. Yeah, but since the 19th century. Already? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, before that it was the opposite way around. Uh, so like Legong, for example, they already have set yeah. the music and we join. So that's like a that's a modern influence to have that. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Gebyar style. So, so what happened in North Bali, and that was because North Bali was under the yeah, yeah not under the rule of the of the 
Dutch and it was pacified and it was open to the world, whereas the kingdoms of South Bali were still very, very isolated and closed, right? Okay. And so they, they, they started a new style, they started a new style of, of gamelan. But I think regardless of which gamelan and so it wasn't, it was, a, it was just a sort of switch of sorts. What's important to understand too is that all dance drama, toping dance, and so on, is that they don't they don't just exist as mm. a ma mask. It's part of a total a so. total experience that includes the, um, the music. It's the religious overtone, history. It's also a didactic tool to inculcate the, the people who are watching it in the values of, 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 of Balinese culture uh -huh. and, 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 et cetera. And it's got, it's got sound, it's got smell, there's movement. It's, 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 uh -huh. it's a truly uh, total theatrical, uh -huh. Uh -huh. but also in, on, on a, a level that you can compare to the to ancient Greek oracle uh, theaters and things like that. Because sometimes we, 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 we only look at things one part of a time and poetry too because most of the all these stories they're they're spoken in poetry ancient poetry that's one of the clowns Kakawin, that yeah. Mari was talking Kakawin about or the, it's called, yeah. the clowns are the ones because the princes and all the high high figures they speak in this courtly language which evolved in in 14th 15th century uh java in the court of the Maj Majapite. And the, you, the clowns are the local guys who speak in the vernacular so that the Balinese understand. But very few people, only learned people, ever learn the Kawi, which is, which is the high language. Okay, speaking about gamelan again, uh, in Bali we have more than 30 different ensemble of gamelan. So the one that I talk about that Bruce said is called gamelan gong. Now it's called gamelan gong kebiar. For topeng, usually accompanied by this gamelan gong kebiar or gong gede, is it called? But within any gamelan in Bali, yeah, we speak about music and then in this case, yeah, before we go into a bit about the topeng, uh, gamelan in, in Bali, no matter of kind of gamelan, they always have melody, a short melody or long melody, depending on the genre. Like legong melody is very long kind of legong melody. A gamboh melody with flute playing flute, very uh, long kind of melody. But this one, uh, for baris and for topeng, usually ostinato. The melody is called ostinato. Yeah? And the Balinese music, in this case, is, uh, is it's called heterophonic. What, sorry, what is ostinato? Uh, ostinato, uh, short melody. For uh, the cycle counting, of the melody. Cycle of the melody. So, so you yeah. just say, you know, you just right, say that, right. you know, da 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 That's a da 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 yeah. repeats. Um, so, you know, the, uh, and the ostinato, and then, of course, uh, with the gamelan, or, or has a rhythm as staccato, right? Mm -hmm. Staccato is very emphasizing on this one, like that. Okay, we have melody. So, one, and so, one instrument play melody usually called gener or suling or trompong, whatever the gamelan is it. But one melody, let, the same melody, will played by the other groups of instrument. Because in our gamelan in Bali, we have instrument called uh, gangse, it play the melody. 
当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当当Male and female in every instrument, actually, right? But then they play interlocking figuration. That means uh, hockey type, yeah, hockey type. Take for example, the other instrument, uh, the the male type. When you put this together, we come one melody, but it is interlocking figuration. Like yeah. that. It's <laughs> it's a ta- you know a, a layered tapestry of many many different different signs, uh, so, uh, and it's interesting. Yeah. Sounds it's having is is that. Uh, in Java and in Bali, the gamelan orchestras, which can be, you know, up the the gong gonggede, could be up to like sixty eight, people playing, sixty yeah. sixty people. instruments. Right? Instrument in Java, play. some of them perhaps even more. In the Majapite, maybe a hundred. Is that they're one of the few places on earth where you have true orchestras. Like in That's Europe, right. the European symphony or orchestras. In most other places okay. in the world, they were just small, small sorry, groups, sorry. maybe five or ten people, uh, and and not as as structured. So. That's that's you know the creation of a of a great because that's the other thing one of the themes in the book that we're talking about is that these traditions are not folkloric. They're 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 they that come fits. from the ferment. Of great civilizations uh, that existed for over a thousand years that that mm-hmm. go back to central Java and and even even before and layer upon layer the Balinese uh, form uh, as well as the Javanese mass dance they they owe their greatest debt to the the court of the Majapahit you know you mm-hmm. talk uh, you talk about the you know the reports that the few a few people actually visited the court and so on and dance drama music was 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 an integral part uh-huh. of the court courtly life and it was also mirrored just in bali it was mirrored in the in the village as well whereas the the gamelons in the villages now in bali may not be as grandiose as those that you would formerly mm-hmm. see in places like pura payogan agung yeah. or in the in the palace of, of dempasor they are they are still you know part of the fiber of the local local society that the local mm-hmm. people were very proud of coming back to topeng actually you know the word topeng already found in the Balinese inscription, epigraphy. There's one, uh, uh, one uh, inscription known as Bebetin inscription. So they found the words atapukan or atapuka, meaning mass, actually, in this case. So when we speak about eight, uh, 896 century year, 896. There was the reign of the king Kesari Warmadewa already in Bali. But we don't know exactly uh, what form 
over the topeng, but already mentioned this one. And then later on, when we speak about the, this topeng, pancho, topeng, pajagan, with story, we come back into the uh, history of Bali, Balam Watu Rengong, right? That's 15th and 16th, 17th, 16th and 16th century. That's, that's what they call what, a, great, uh, a great culture in Bali. Right? Great culture and folk culture still, but even though in the villages, people are performing in the same kind of... Exactly. Yeah, ex yeah, so. Because great, great art requires great patronage. Yeah, king, right. example, small king. You know, you don't, you know the Florence wasn't, wasn't, wasn't built because there were a bunch of local farmers, Italian farmers, who, who had a windfall profit. It was built because of this, this uh, incredible society yeah. and, and structure hierarchy uh, that patronized and awarded uh, the, you know, the, great, the great artists of the, the Renaissance. Okay, coming back a little bit with this one. This is the buffoon mess we never explained. Okay, yeah, sure. yeah, I explained already about the uh, Topeng Sidakarya, King Sidakarya, mm -hmm. King Batu Rengong, and in the Topeng always there's a buffoon. Okay. A half mask usually. Buffoon or uh, bondress, yeah. Uh, usually it's a half, half mask. Because this is, you have a different, different expression to give to the mask itself. Because you can use still your, 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 bottom your lip, yeah. yeah, bottom lip. You can play with your bottom lip. Right, oh, yeah. eyes and everything, and the way they walk with this topeng different than the other one. The one I show you very strong or another refined, but this one mostly acting movement. Even though I can, as a as a king raja, I can dance like this, but this one it has to be a different way of moving, and then it can flick. You know, mostly interpretation of different character yeah. in this case. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. this comes under which genre, but. Uh, the the topeng pajagan and pajagan. topeng pancha, okay, yeah. Yeah, because this is bondress call. It's a buffoon. Always in the Balinese topeng performance, always there's a meeting meeting scene, yeah, between king and prime minister and so on. There's also utusan. Utusan. There's a messenger to meeting from one kingdom to another kingdom, and also there's a scene called bondress, buffoon. Always. You know, after a big fight and then some fun. Male yeah. and female. Male and female. Always Often fun. deformed. You know. And it's part of a comical thing because the other thing that you have in, 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 in all the, the, the dance and drama is that you have comic relief. Yeah. Always Why? like that. Because yeah. you, don't, you don't just have these big, serious, lofty, you know, a, a lofty story. You have these clowns that d engage in sh a slapstick. They also often find out information, gossip in the village or wherever they're performing. And they, were, they, they channeled a sort of social criticism at the time, yeah. too. They wouldn't directly say bad things about people. But they would, in a in a way that the audience would know, oh, he's talking about that that you know that guy or something. Yeah. Like, there, like, therefore, the like ballet is topeng, or arjo or gambo call living theater. Yeah, they, yeah. You know, living theater. They pick up something from around, you know, the villages. For and they can be very and bawdy and naughty as well, yeah. as well because the Balinese love, you know, uh, love being uh, talking about naughty things. Yeah, tongue in cheek. Yeah, tongue in cheek, slipstick joke, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah, like that. All kinds yeah. of double entendre. Yeah. And, 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 and Therefore, so. you know, back on history of this kind of barong dance drama. We don't speak about Cholonarang yet. Cholonarang, we're using the raksasa. Raksasa is the rangdel, is it? Yeah? 
So the Sarang is a black magic story uh, written or founded in East Java, but now they brought it to Bali. The Bali people like it because it has black magic content of black magic. Yeah. Therefore, then later on, there's a, a story of Telonarang. They put as a play uh, with Barong and Rangda to show the dualistic concept, good and evil, usually like that. But Rangda itself in the village is also as a goddess. God Durga, yeah, God Durga or Bhairavi is a part of the God, wife of, si, uh, wife of Siwa also, right? But in the play, they use uh, Chalanarang and Warong like a you know, contradicting character in this case. So, Symbolism of two different yeah, sides. Yeah, that's right. But the idea is harmony. Again, also. the two sides of, Side. the, of, the, of the, yeah. the, the polar sides of the universe. So speaking right. about this Chalanarang play as a total theater that Pak Bruce already mentioned, right? Total theater means the Balinese theater is not only the dramatic content or dialogue, but also costume, or mask, the music, the sound, everything in uh, you know everything is included in that one. When uh, somebody, when a dramatic, when a what do you call that a, a theater person, uh, performer, in, uh, yeah, performance, bintang uh, film also. Uh, yeah, they have stories. Yeah, yeah they're famous. Uh, I'm yeah, talking about of... the Chalanarang sent to Paris yeah. in 1931. Mm. There was a Chalanarang play uh, for the expo in, pa- in Paris in 1931. They brought the Chalanarang play and Janger and Legong. Uh, this Chalanarang impressed yeah, someone, a theater person. His name is Antona Arto in Paris. Antona Arto, uh, you know, after seeing the the Balinese play, the total theater, the Chalanarang and so on, he changed. Yeah, he changed. It had a profound effect on him. He, yeah, he, wrote, he wrote a number of essays. One of them was called, he was a visionary uh, theater, theater, theater person, uh, yeah. you know, Director. person. Mm-hmm. And one of it was called Théâtre et son double, theater and its like double, with the whole idea cruelty. is that the double of theater is life. So and, and that you know, and he bemoaned the fact that European theater had gone into this sort of social, social sort of uh, psychological, and it lost mm-hmm. the magic of the, of the ancient Greek oracle theaters and things like that. And he wished to return it. And then when he saw this performance of of Balinese dancers mm-hmm. who were brought to the Paris Colonial Exposition in 1931 there. He was electrified because he had never seen anything like that. He wrote a beautiful essay about it called Le Théâtre mm-hmm. Balinese, the Balinese Theater. So, so then he created like a new, content, a new experimental theater and this now become a, a uh, become a, a source of experiment theater in America as far as also in Indonesia. Yeah. We, we yeah. have people like Rendra and Putu Wijaya then coming back to study about this concept, yeah? Yeah. concept then of he, the experiment theater. But we, it came really from the Chalonara play, the show by, by the Antonio yeah. Arto in Paris during that time. Balinese uh, mass dance and theater had, uh, and music as well had very profound impact on 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 uh you know uh the western western artists you know underground artists already in the 1920s and 30s and continued on like colin mcphee 
a mm -hmm. Canadian composer who lived here for many years, wrote several, several uh, pieces which were based on uh, uh, Balinese theater, Walter Spies, the famous painter. He was actually more, more of a musician than he was a painter. Painting was a kind of sideline. He retuned uh, uh -huh. his piano so that he could play along and that, that he could write down the different melodies. Under, trying to understand the intricacies of, uh, and, of, of yeah. Balinese, Balinese music. And then in 1955, there was a professor from America. His name is Mantelhood. He established the department called Ethnomusicology Department. Mantelhood was studying. Mantelhood was studying in Europe first. Uh, through Yapkuns, was the founder of ethnomusicology. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mentalhood studied in Java in 1953, after And Then when he returned to America, he went to UCLA and established the uh, department called ethnomusicology. And they brought the Japanese gamelan and Balinese gamelan or Chinese gamelan or African musical ensemble to become part of the curriculum in ethnomusicology. So I was part of that too. Back yeah, in he went to, uh, I got his degree, one yeah. of his uh, degrees at yeah, UCLA. UCLA. Yeah. Uh, and of course, during my study there, I'm not only studying, but I was teaching Balinese gamelan and also teaching Balinese dance altogether. So, you know, there was the development of Balinese uh, gamelan dance in the world today. But I, I would like to talk about that sort of the teaching of, of Balinese mask dance or sort of performing arts. Mm -hmm. And how I notice you've written before about Bandum that people are not taught in the same way. They don't have the proper training anymore when it comes to these classical sacred dances. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? What do, you, what do you mean they don't have the proper training? And are you worried about sort of the authenticity of Balinese mask dance going into the future? No, I'm very open because the concept in Balinese tradition when you're trying to preserve the culture, uh, we have a word, it's called continuity and change. Continuity and change. We classified our dancing, including mass already, in three uh, categories. And one is called wali dancing. Wali is a sacred dancing, a temple dancing. It's a trans medium, right? This, uh, this dance only performed in the temple festival, in the most sacred space in the temple known as Utama Mandala. Utama Mandala can be moved outside, depend, depends on where the ceremony taken place, right? But it's called Utama Mandala. Utama Mandala. So the sacred dancing uh, performed in this case, together with the priest when they perform an offering, uh, there's a situation where gamelan play, the genta playing by the the uh, the priest. Yeah, the priest is called panchagita. Actually, it's called the panchagita means gamelan sound, genta sound. It's singing the kentongan, the kukul also sounding together in the odalan like that. So that's make the sphere is really very sacred sphere because you're performing everything in the sacred space. The shrine are there, yeah, the, the, uh, the shrine are there. So there are uh, three different forms of sacred dancing already approved, uh, already recognized by UNESCO because nine Balinese dance has been approved, uh, recognition by UNESCO. Yeah, uh, the three level are the Wali, that's one. It's one called Sangyang, this is the trans medium. Mm -hmm. 
the trans the sang there are many sangyang to form the sangyang the dari is included in this category the trans yeah the trans dancing and the rajang also the temple dancing performed for the gods only and this is another baris gede the warrior baris of, of, uh, uh, dancing to perform for that one okay that's the most sacred now you know uh, after the most sacred then we have the Berbali, as it's called. Berbali, also still partly sacred, but it's already moving into the storyline because like Topeng Pajagan, Topeng Panja, in this line, they're still very sacred, but they're using the story. So the people, the God can watch, and also the people who participate in the temple festival also uh, uh, part, uh, participating and they're watching the performance, right? Mm-hmm. And they're moving from Berbali into Bali-Balihan into more uh, profane, more... Uh, what do you call it? it's not unsacred uh, secular? yes secular the word is secular in this case so you uh, from long time ago the Balini people aware about the transition they aware about modernization right so therefore they have a classification like this so the Bali Balihan like Pak uh, Bruce said is Kebiar one of the Janger uh, the singing part Janger folk dance included in this Bali Balian Arjo so there are many forms that people can watch that people can uh, enjoy uh, uh, watching in this one so based on this classification this old classification actually but we reclassify again on 1971 because the word Wali Bali and Bali Balihan I found in one of the script one of the uh, naskah one of the literature when lontar called Usano Bali it's already the 15th century books like that called Wawalen because of Wawalen there's a there's a transition they call Wali Bali and Bali Balihan so when you speak about you know new creation uh, therefore the Balinese people has the idea has the policy uh, uh, for Uh, changing of the Balinese dance or music through the continuity and change. The classical one must be like a basis of the new creation. Mm, okay. New creation. Okay. Right. To, to amplify on that, I don't think it, it's not that people are taking the sacred dances uh, unseriously. It's not that. I think, and that's part of the purpose of the book in the terms of the documentation, is that the blurring of the lines between a lot of things. Because even though their class of dances are classified in those three things, some of the dances or actually the sacred dances are performed in more kind of commercial kind of settings at, at times, like the the Sangyan Dadari, the Barong Rangda dance and other ones are often, you know, they've been performed for some time uh, in in a more commercial environment. Mm. Now, some sacred dancing now performed for tourists, for other uh, events, you know. I think the Balinese people already understand that sacred is context. Sacred is, you know, not absolute, tidak abadi, uh, sacred is change, sacred is uh, perubahan, you know, it's like that. So, But still, for the government, for the people of Bali, they don't want to have the sacred dancing plainly performed for tourists. Like yeah. a certain form, yes, already they transform into a new form for, uh, you know, tourist uh, performances like, mm-hmm. like Barong Kuntis Raya. Yeah, exactly. Barong Kuntis Raya, it's a Barong cat dancing. Sorry to say that Barong Kuntisaya is called Barong and Chris Dance now that perform in Batu Bulan, in Kesiman, in Denpasar, created by my father. Mm-hmm. 
for the tourist attraction in 1948 together with Chooko Tublen, the mask maker of Singapore, and also Dibia's father, a Stopang dancer. The three of them to create the new form of barong for tourist performance for a wisatawan. At the beginning of the performance, still trance involved. <laughs> yeah, well, that's part of it. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, I, I sort of thing. Even though it's yeah. you say, oh no, 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 this is not the sacred dance, but they still do all the rituals so, and offerings yeah. that they do for the sacred dances. Yeah, you know, I, I, I just, just in case. <laughs> yeah. I got trans. Yeah, I got trans performing in Nardo, Italy, to perform hobby horse dance because we did it uh, seriously. Sayang jarang. Sang yang jarang, sang yang jarang. I got trance, really trance. And you fell into trance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. See, you know, all of the musician and other dancers trance to go with me, you know, because of the context and the performance. Also, a church there, a sacred space. Yeah. You never expect. So yeah, this is blowing. And I think again with that, it's not that we're against our. You know, change, adaptation, evolution, kriyasi baru. Even though a lot of it we may not particularly be fond of, it's about knowing what it is, making sure, especially among the Balinese, and and they need support from other people, not to to mistake something for what it is not. And also, in many cases, like with the photos of the mask in the book. The Balinese contemporary mask makers and so have never seen them, because many of these sacred masks and other things were they they left they left the 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 island seventy years ago, hundred years ago, right? And they're looking at them and saying saying what what kind of mask is that 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 even some of them might even say oh no that's not Balinese, but but they don't even have the context for their own. Work their own field. No, of work, exactly, and it's so about labeling. It's about about understanding the differences between. Uh, yeah, when they speak where, about sacred where, mass, where you are exactly sacred mass, they perform only within certain temple only, yeah. but yeah. on and on. Yeah, the yeah. villagers, other people, don't never see. So the books, is is there to conserve and categorize and 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 sort of inform and remember sort of the right places of things just in case in the future the lines get blurred as you said and people can still go back to the book and be like oh wait wait that was the original reason that was where that came from and so that history is not sort of um sort of twisted as as time goes on essentially it's a it's Mm -hmm. an it's an, a major attempt to build a a structure a ranka yeah. Where you can Framework. you can start mm-hmm. categorizing things. It's it's not complete. In many ways, you can say a lot more work uh, sure. remains to be done, but at least it 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 gives that that sort of overarching uh, you know st- structure so that you start knowing where 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 things things yeah. belong. Right. And the book itself is not only uh, providing you about the mass as a material aspect, but also we speak about the history, function, and also the dancer, and we speak about the mass meter and the the process of making mass, all of those, uh, uh, you know, in total included in the book itself. Mm So when people, next people, when they they read this mass, they might remember, oh, there's some sacred mass from 
Tunyan, they never seen it before, right? But at least to this information, they will appreciate more, I guess, yeah. they yeah, belong the, to... The context to context. the arts as well, where mm -hmm. a lot of people just see a performance and visually it might be amazing, but, you know, without the story behind it, a lot of this stuff uh, is, is shallow, right? Mm -hmm. So giving that context, I think, makes watching something way more special and way more deep and way more interesting. True. And hopefully, you know, with, with an, a greater understanding, there's a greater appreciation for all the things that people see around them. And they said, uh, and that a mask is not just an object, but it's, mm -hmm. it's a, a bridge or it's a, it's a piece of art. Because it's, it's sort of two, it's two areas of art. It's the maker and then also the performer. So, and having that mask being represented as a double sort of masterpiece in two, in two different arts, essentially. Yeah, to our school in Bali called Institute of the Arts of Indonesia, ASTI, called, it was called ASTI, Academy Sanitari Indonesia, and then it's called Sekolah Tinggi Sanitari Indonesia, then Pasano is called ISI. I think this kind of book will become, uh, you know, very useful as a reference mm -hmm. for, uh, for research, when they do a research on other object of the arts, probably this one is the reference for, for them. And also when they're creating new mass, contemporary and new mass, modern mass, probably this is one of the uh, nice resources, you know, yeah, for, the foundation of work like yeah, that. To, to make, you know, because, you know, it's, it's interesting, the reactions of different people, Balinese, foreigners, mm -hmm. and so on. And maybe they think, oh, mask dancers, three of them, you just put one rangda mask and one this one, or clown mask and things like that. And they, they see the, 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 the size and the, and the breadth of the book, and it sort of makes you rethink, and you say, well, this is not only uh, weighty in regard of the number of kilos, but also, well, but also in, the, in, the, in the depth and 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 uh, you know and and the history. Well, it's got breadth and things. depth. I would yeah. say. Yeah. I hope so. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> making it's, mass. It's multi and uh, yeah. multi-dimensional, and that and that it deserves more attention. And this is only one of many things like this. Mm. There are many aspects yeah. of Indonesian traditional culture that have been overlooked or dealt with only in a superficial fashion mm -hmm. in, in, in most of the islands, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, this needs to be done across you know? all the so, islands, across all the arts, across all the so, sort of well, right. cultures. Like, uh, like yeah. the president Jokowi said in his... Uh, why, why don't we have, why don't we show the, the book, show yeah. the book yeah. here, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. president Volumes. of Indonesia, okay. Jokowi, yeah, Jokowi giving the introduction of the Absolutely, book. Absolutely, yeah, the He forward. expressed like what you said actually, for this is a source of other topping from other island, you know. Then mm -hmm. he was hoping scholars or academicians from other islands of Indonesia, Java, Bali, Kalimantan, write something, book, you know, like a model like this when they speak about their own mass or other dance tradition. Yeah. Right? And a lot of it depends on patronage again. A book like this is not cheap to make. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And we didn't, we didn't make, we, we will never see a cent from it. We dedicated all our time absolutely without ever thinking about making money. It's just in terms of printing and all these other sort of things, the side expenses that, that, that you get. Right? Yeah. This is four so, years of 
research, you know, exploration and yeah. study visiting museum <laughs> everywhere in Indonesia, you know. Uh, so. And also you got the photographer Dodi Obeng and your designer Nilu Katut. Uh, Sukarniasi, so sort of a team effort, effort to... Yeah, Without absolutely. them we could, you know, we could never, it's, it's been truly uh, a great team effort that mm -hmm. every, everybody has contributed equally uh, and, and unselfishly, selfishly and... and right, uh, including my wives as a dancer yeah, and a choreographer. Yeah, you know, and Marlo, Marlo himself, you know, so. we've, we have also have had support from multiple people. people. So the books, yeah, divided into into two volumes, right? Yeah. So this first volume about the history, story, function, form, the dramatic structure of the the of the topeng, including the genre that we speak about. Yeah, the nine genres. Maybe we have eleven genre in Bali already. We keep two more for the next book with yeah. with with uh, Bruce because we never talk about the contemporary new topeng in Bali. It has been you know going on for a long time. So and Panji story also we need to yeah. to write in for the future. Maybe the second book. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's because one of the discoveries is people say, oh, they, they in Bali never performed the Panji story. Panji so, is one of the great great stories from Java of a hero named right. Panji. Right. Uh, from, mm -hmm. It's from the 11th century, from the the Kandiri Kingdom. And and then we found masks with the names uh, yeah. you know, of Panji on the back in the yeah. old collection. So it's clear they were making masks of Panji, which meant they were performing with yeah. them as well. So the next research should be direction that way, you know. Because Panji also, there's a king of Panji in Bali, right? Yeah. From, from Buleleng, uh, uh, from North Bali. So we have to do more deeply research. Maybe for next our books will be Panji story, mass culture, mass culture in the story of Panji, right? Yeah. Mass culture in the story of Panji and also contemporary Balinese. There are lots of them already, you yeah. know, created. I, I think these two volumes here will be enough homework for people to wait for the sequel. <laughs> yeah, no, we, can, we have time. There's other subjects, like, yeah, uh, you know, Jacobi asked for a book on Javanese and other type of mass traditions. Yeah. The bond. government, because it's the other thing, is that this is completely self-funded. Yeah, yeah right? it's true. Uh, because you, 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 you ask... You are, you know, the, you know, the government so far has has not really come up, and you know, and, and maybe, maybe that next will change. Time. Maybe, maybe that next time. Having seen the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the second book is the second book is the gallery, so, so. all different masks from all over, all over yeah. the world, Balinese masks. Yeah, yeah. So we are both bringing the taxu of Bali back to Bali, and we found more in the meantime. <laughs> Yeah, you know they sort of pop out because once the words out, how about this mask and this, this mask yeah. and sort that's of true, like that, true. you know. Yeah. So. And luckily, also you know, after we taken picture of few mask, few mask group in Bali, like from Klungkung, we know it it a bagus this name. Uh, they have a treasure of mask from nineteen thirties, nineteen twenties. You know, after we take the picture for this book, and the owner passed away. Wow. Yeah, that's another thing because it's, it shows the fragility of this the, the, the transitional of. generation. You know, the people who from let's say the pre-colonial uh, pre period mm -hmm. until until the the colonial yeah. and now the post 
post, uh, uh, you know, independence, the early Indonesian Republic and so on, is that a lot of people are gone yeah. and, and more disappear all the time. So, and we were lucky because not only taking picture and doing interview with the master, but, you know, our team also sneak around with some video with it. Mm. So we still have the video with the bagus caught, you know, the master yeah. throw of topeng from Klungkung. So next time, why not not only writing about the mass that we got from them, but also writing uh, autobiography of that. that exactly. Mass. Yeah. Um, on that note, I mean, you, is this last sort of generation, Pat Bruce, you mentioned to me, is, I mean, Pat Bandam, you're also one of these links of between sort of the, the you were talking about this before, Pat Bruce, about sort of the, the traditional roots and then modernity. I think, Pat Bandam, you're... Uh, and mm -hmm. I think you mentioned the part Dibia as well before. Yeah, and exactly. the two of you are sort of upholding this traditional link to the traditions. Well, they're, they're, they're very interesting because they both, they both learned in the, in, completely in the traditional environment, right? That was before the dance academies and they weren't going to that. So they learned, you know, from handed down father to son with the great masters and other things. And they became uh, quite, uh, because they, you, you became recognized. They were, became stars early on. Yeah. They were traveling around the island, performing for whatever, at least food and drink at all these temple festivals and so on. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, Made has spoken about it. It's one of his most wonderful uh, periods in, in, in his life. Mm. And then he was, you know, pushed to go to the university, go abroad, and he has, you know, played many, many different roles. So Patmadi uh, and, and Wayan Dibia, too, mm -hmm. are there, they understand both sides mm -hmm. of, of the world. It's interesting, you know, and I see that a lot of times is that the time that I came to Bali and started immersing myself in Balinese culture, there were a certain number of Balinese that went, went to the West and started immersing themselves you know, as ambassadors of their own culture, but immersing themselves in, in, in Western, Western culture. And that, it's a kind of unique phenomenon which has allowed us to do this kind of, 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 of book, uh -huh. right? Because, uh, because and I think it's also very important is that, you know, that, that, that the Indonesians also participate in these kind of, of, of projects, Absolutely. right? And, and, and I want to stimulate, because there are a lot of talented Indonesian scholars and, uh, around, but sometimes it's that they, they you know, they, they're not, they haven't yet really fully reached their potential maybe for different reasons or, you know, and nobody has really, you know, it's like putting them to test and, and, and fire, you know, it's like, uh, that's also one of the things when Patmadi was learning to dance, his, his, his father was a hard teacher, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't, so, oh, it's my favorite son, you know, he can, yeah. he can sleep late or something sure. like that. It was up and say, do, do this. One do hour only Wrong. picking ice movement, you know, like, yeah. Wrong. You're, that's wrong. Do it better. Again. Again. That's the old, you know? old method of old teaching. Ways, yeah. you know, you know? Word, words. Yeah. Yeah. Let well, me, yeah. Let me uh, continue a little bit about the third 
the legacy of me and Pak Di Beer, mm-hmm. right? So I mentioned already, uh, Pak Di Beer's father, his name is Wayan Griel. My father's name Kredak. They are partner in doing Penasar in Topeng and Arjil. Penasar means the buffoon advisor, it's like that one. Mm-hmm. They have strong uh, connection already between my father and uh, Dibia's father, okay? They both master of Arjil during this time. They were the best Arjil, uh, Arjil teachers, creating new style of Arjil also in Bali. Because my father he has a school of thought called Arjil style. One of the other style in Bali, uh, the two of them, one is Kramas and one is Singapadu. Uh, this Singapadu is very strong everywhere now in, in Bali. My father was the, the maestro for that one. Okay, uh, Then, uh, Pak Griel has a son, his name is Dibia. Right? My, uh, my father, Made Kredak, has a son, his name is Made Bandam. His father passed when he was young. But Dibia's father passed when he was young. After a performance, then he passed away. And my father took him as an adopted son also. Yeah, Pak Griel. Uh, and then I continuing my study at the Conservatory Music and Dance in Bali. I became a teacher after three years at that school. I picked up DBO to become a student over there too. So, and, you know, and that was a chance for me to study in America. After that one, I gave a recommendation, you know, who's the next person to study in America for this kind of theater and dance and music. So DBO was one of them. So there was a, uh, what do you call that, a legacy like that between me and DBO. Uh, of course, Dibio is one of the maestro now, and mm-hmm. he's a professor also, teaching at the uh, Institute of the Arts of Indonesia in Denpasar, even though he's retired now, but he's still very active in doing performances like that. Well, we're very lucky to have you both still teaching the younger generations, and also to have you both to create such an amazing sort of compendium and collection of the masks of Bali. So thank you both for... I, we could talk for so long, and we've already gone more than expected but i've still have i've only covered half the questions of where we could go but for that we'll just say please buy the book masks of bali between heaven and hell by ima de bandam and bruce carpenter so um thank you both for being here thank you both for your really interesting insightful discussion and explanations this is super intriguing and, I, and i'm sure it'll uplift a lot of interest in the art thank you both Thank you, Baidi, for having us. Thank you so much for listening or watching to this episode of the Now Bali podcast with two amazing guests. Links to Masks of Bali can be found in the show notes for those interested in purchasing this important and historical book. Otherwise, if you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe, share or follow us on social media. This is Eddie Spears. See you next time.